Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book writer, podcaster and great guy Jeff Nicholson about what comics he would take into a nuclear fallout apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene, who have a new summer special coming out in June this very month. Uh, The special features strips from the 77 Brawler, Space Warp, Sentinel, Wallop, and of course the Comic Scene annual itself. Plus a free limited edition print of the cover is included with every purchase. So to get your copy of the summer special, you must be part of the Comic Scene Comic Club which is available from just £3 a month at comicscene.org. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Jeff Nicholson. How's it going? Hey, hey how are you doing? Um, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all good, man. All good. No, um, it's, been, it's been a glorious day um, here with the sun shining and the birds chirping and all that jazz. Um, how, how's things in the world where you are? It, they have been lovely, um, grey at the moment, um, but yeah, yeah, it's been all right. Weather's been great <laughs> overall. Yeah, yeah, generally, yeah, totally. Um, as I was saying before, uh, before we came on the air, it's we're kind of expecting some overcast weather um, down here in the next couple of days, so it's our turn <laughs> for a little while. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's not bad because we we had a real big rain spell, didn't we? Um, or at least we did we did uh, down south, and uh, now that we've got some actual nice weather, um, it's uh, it's awesome. So I'm up in Scotland, so yeah, it's 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 usually rainy, um, and then Scot um, and then our sort of Scottish summer. Um, hopefully we haven't just had it because we've had uh, three days of really nice sun over the weekend. <laughs> I hope that's not it. Yeah, there's a running joke up here that you have this whole thing where you know. Oh, I remember last year's summer. You know, it was a Tuesday kind of stuff. So. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, um, Jeff Nicholson, thank you so much for being on Comics for the Apocalypse today. Um, and for anybody uh, that hasn't come across you just yet, what do you do in the world of comics? Um, I am a, I, I suppose I'm a comic writer. I've got um, a series out called The Spirit of Enki, which is a superhero adventure comic set in Iraq. And uh, for the last couple of years, I, I host a podcast called The Brugaders. With my um, with my good friend Colin, where we uh, we meet and drink beer and uh, chat to creators and each other about comics, beer, and kind of pop culture stuff. So, so good, nice man. And where can people find you online? Uh, you can. Um, I always do this. I, I don't know if you've noticed this with your, with, with uh, when you've been doing the stuff on this, but um, I uh, yeah. yeah. If you Google the Brugaders or if you Google Spirit of Enki, you'll find both. Um, if you if yeah. you uh, if you attach an at to either of those things at the Brugaders or at Spirit of Enki, you will find um, both on all social media. So please do that and like us. And Excellent. And and Enki is spelled E N K I. Enki, yeah, he's the um, yeah, the Mesopotamian god of fertility and life and bunches right. of other stuff. Yeah, because I was going to ask, what's kind of the inspiration behind the spirit of Enki? Um, 
I, I'm a I'm an RE teacher, um, religious education teacher to trade. Um, so I've kind of Great. had a had a um, an interest, a morbid curiosity with with sort of with with world religion in general. I'm not I'm not religious myself, so I'm kind of open to reading and finding out and discovering sort of the the, mm. the, the religious world as it were or throughout throughout the world and uh, sort of the culture and the way that people can um, behave accordingly to sort of belief structures or growing up in certain belief um, countries where certain beliefs are dominated and um yeah I, I really I really like the um sort of middle eastern religion the um, there's quite an interest in I think a um kind of difference between sort of middle eastern to far eastern religion compared to sort of the Abrahamic religion that we've got in that, that tends to be prevalent in sort of the Western world, you know, mm-hmm. U- Europe, UK, yeah. um, the US and stuff where uh, there is one God and uh, and creator, whereas in sort of the Middle East to Far East, you've got, um, you know, in ancient Hinduism, you've got thousands of gods and, and, and sort yeah. of avatars and um, sort of the understanding of religion is totally different. But um, what I really like about sort of, sort of Mesopotamian, Middle Eastern, Persian was ancient sort of Middle Eastern religion uh, and ancient Egyptian religion and things like that is the gods are often kind of depicted as flawed. You know, they're they're divine and they're powerful, but they're also um, um well, Enki uh, Enki cheated on his wife quite a lot. <laughs> right, yeah. Despite being a god, he wasn't above trying nice. to get his end away. You know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so yeah, nice. Oh, so yeah, that's where it came from. That's fantastic. And of course, it's on Kickstarter at the moment as well, isn't it? Yeah, issue three is. So issue one and two are yeah. available um, um, wherever you can, you know, if you, I think we're on Comic House, which is the uh, sort Great. of the Netflix of the app that's kind of like the Netflix of independent yeah. comics. It's on that and you can oh, yeah. uh, you can find us on it. We've got a big hotel shop, just search Spirit of Inky. And yeah, issues one, two and three are available as part of the Kickstarter, which is... Yeah. Uh, on Kickstarter right now until um, I can't remember the day, but it's the the exact date. But it's the same day that England and Scotland play in the Euros. Um, Potentially, that's the eighteenth. I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So um, uh, the last day of the last is, day of the yeah. Kickstarter is the eighteenth, and I think actually it ends the same time that the football game would start. So you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Nice. You uh, <laughs> plan plan that very well. Very well. Um, and uh, yeah, no, of course, all those links are in the show notes, folks. So go check out Jeff's work whilst we're chatting. Uh, now, um, all of that aside, unfortunately, um, whilst we've been busy um, with a with a pandemic, <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately, um, somebody's kind of not been paying attention to uh, to the nuclear weapons. And uh, there's there's somebody there's been a big slip up, and this pandemic has turned into a total nuclear war fallout, essentially. Um, and uh, yeah, we're we're now in in nuclear floor fallout across the world. And uh, yeah, my uh, first question for you, Jeff, is what what is your action plan for survival? I um I'm not gonna lie. I was a bit gutted, uh, so when you um, you sent me nuclear, uh, not like as gutted as I probably not as gutted as I would be if there was actually a total nuclear war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, it's I don't know the least fun kind of apocalypse. There's a nuclear fallout. Yeah, 
Um, uh, aye, so um, I think, um, and with that in mind, we have um, we have a place in uh, not far from where I live, called, which is called, um, which is it is quite funny because it's kind of signposted as a tourist attraction. But it's called a uh, Scotland Secret Bunker, and it was yeah. an it's a it's a it's now a tourist attraction. But during the Cold War, it was a fallout shelter. So um, I think probably try and get there as quickly as possible while hitting as many supermarkets as I could on the way. Um, <laughs> get stocked up. Yeah, I think so. Um, Nucor, what Nucor thought it's like the worst, isn't it? Like, um, I, I don't know. I don't know about, about it's you, pretty. You, it's pretty bleak. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's quite rank. Um, I always um. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know if this is a comic reader in me, but um, is it the Raven Briggs uh, book where the wind blows? Yes. Yes. Mm. That's like that's what like it's the worst. It's it's amazing and it's 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 a yeah. fascinating read, but it's also just kind of the worst thing that exists when you're yeah. <laughs> if if you want to keep yourself really in depressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is lovely. It's like the snowman and there's this old man and this old lady and this is going to yeah, oh, right. they're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I seem to remember one of one of the guests mentioned that they bought it in for their school because, you know, they thought it was going to be something along the lines of the snowman. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, this took a dark turn. Yeah. Let's not read this, kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> Crazy, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, so you've made it to the bunker. And sorry, was anybody coming with you? Oh, I, I just grabbed my family, to be honest. Family and dad. Yeah. yeah. Got up my wife and my they, they, they made it. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and uh, to pass the time in the bunker... Um, there's no TV, of course, because there's no TV stations or anything like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, you need to kind of keep your energy consumption down as well. Um, and so you uh, revert back to what we used to do, which was talk. Um, and uh, <laughs> they, uh, they start asking you about um, kind of, you know, your origin story in comics and things. And the uh, first question they ask you is, what's the first comic you remember enjoying? Uh, I... I say I'm in Scotland. I'm about thirty miles away from Dundee, so this sort of corner of Scotland, I think, just like the uh, the UK, to be to be honest, is um mm-hmm. is a big you know the Beano and the Dandy are institutions, and uh, yeah, I, the, my mum and dad used to buy me the the, the Beano when I was like five. I remember I remember um, having a weekly subscription for years and years and years for uh, the Beano. Um, so I do I do remember um, enjoying that like. Um, Particularly like uh, like sort of Roger the Dodger and all that nonsense, but um, <laughs> it's I've got that I've got that age now where I've got kids who have also read the Beano and um or because I, I bought it for them and it's I think I think for loads of young fathers and and fathers in general I think that being able to hand over stuff that you enjoy <laughs> to them is amazing. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah the Beano is awesome. <laughs> it still is. And, yeah, uh, straight up. And uh, yeah, and then as I got a wee bit older, it was you know I think like all teenagers and or, or you know young people in in the UK, you you you, you graduate from the being and the dandy up to two thousand AD. Of course. <laughs> so, so yeah, th- um, those are the those are the first things I really remember. Um, and then like when you when you sent me that question as well, and I was thinking about it, I, I also remember my first sort of superhero comic was the um, 
was the 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 novel the graphic novelization of the first X Men movie. Right, and that was cool. Um, that was cool. I, 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 I've not been able to find it since I started collecting comics properly in my older age. Right. But, um, Isn't that yeah. fascinating? So they based a graphic novel off of the first movie. Mm-hmm. I never I knew that they did that. That's interesting. <laughs> I'll need to see if I can get it. Like, I have looked for it online, and it's um, yeah. What I what I liked was um, in particular was the because I, I read I read the graphic novel. It was like I don't know why I never went to see it in the cinema. I was maybe just on the age of too young to be going on my own. But um, right. or with friends, but um, I do I do remember reading it and there being because comics are the way they are. They had to, um, in particular, I always remember that first. You know the the I'm assuming you've seen the first X Men movie, but the, the scene where mm-hmm. um the scene where Mag, young Magneto in the concentration camp gets pulled away from his parents yeah. and he, he he like he starts you know using his magnetic powers to pull at the the fence as he's getting yanked off, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, they um, I remember them having them using speech bubbles in the graphic novel to explain that scene, and that being really, I like, really, yeah, like yeah. The, the, the Nazi guards that are trying to pull him away from the fence are like, why can't he move? You know, oh, you know, it's like he's stuck. Oh no! And I just remember, I, I, I remember at the time, I'd actually been quite like, oh yeah, comics and comics and movies are different. <laughs> yeah, very different. And uh, well, I mean, you know, show don't tell. Um, that's a prime example right there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Crazy. Um, but uh, at the, in your younger years when you're reading the Beano and kind of perhaps between Beano and 2000 AD, um, did you have a go at making comics yourself at all? Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not an artist by any means. Um, I've, started trying, I've started to kind of draw in the last year or so for um, cool. sort of... Um, more enjoyment than anything else, but um, and mm. me and my friends used to make joke comics where it was just stick men, to be honest, and it was nice. it was kind of like um, it was just kind of three panel jokes that weren't very funny. But um, other than that, not really, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> well, you tried um, it's more, <laughs> totally. more, more, more than I can say for a start, um, but uh, and that's kind of all, all it needs to be, isn't it? Just you know, just need to experiment with it, um, and even just to have kind of the creative drive even just to draw stick men and put funny little jokes in yeah, um, totally. is is something i think yeah absolutely absolutely excellent um and talking of funny um the next question that comes up in your family nuclear bunker is what's the funniest comic that you've read um i think that's a really tricky question uh, when i read it and it's one of the ones i kind of kept yeah. coming back to um i think if I go back to like graduating from 2000 AD or graduate from the Beano to 2000 AD, I, I did subscribe to the Viz for years as well, and mm. um, I do have um I do have memories of going to music festivals and buying the Viz so me and my friends could just you know have a couple of tinnies in the in the bus and giggle. Um, <laughs> do, um, but yeah, I finished. Um, I found that a really difficult question. The pathetic sharks in a in the Viz are like I, I generally think are the fun one of the funniest sketches ever um also there's a there's an ongoing there's an ongoing we talked about this on the podcast that i run last week but um there's an ongoing sketch called the whoopsile apocalypse which was um it's it's just it's just a it's it's a one page um it's a one page um strip in in the um the viz every month about that bit in the as the island asda where like food gets reduced and how people get like 
really possessive and really kind of like um, <laughs> dog eat dog, dog eat dog. While they're, they're trying to get like the chicken that's twenty p off, you know, the regular price and stuff. Yeah, um, totally. So I find myself laughing at that quite regularly. And um, I don't know if you've have you read it, but, um, John Lee's, um, who's a who's a really I think him is a bit of a local. Yeah, yeah he's been on the show. Yeah, oh, um, phenomenal. Um, he has some he has some really really funny bits in sync that I um that I adore. Um, some of his sound effects that are on and I know um I, I can't really um say any of them because uh, because you'll bleep me out. But there is very explicit. there's one panel in particular that I laugh every time I see it, where somebody has like their face caved in with a shovel. And the sound effect that accompanies this action is is a swear word. <laughs> nice. Um, and I love that every time I see it as well. Um, oh, that's fantastic! Great. Um, yeah, no, um, it, it can kind of be difficult, isn't it? Um, to to have funny comics and yeah, um, it's kind of hit or miss. Um, I I, I, yeah. I my jokes into the the spirit of Enki. Um, and what yeah. there's been. A couple of uh, a couple of my there's, I've got a running joke about how um, the main character um, only really kind of knows what's going on because he's watched Raiders of the Lost Ark at some point. Um, nice. And that, that, that's that's his only um that's his only point of reference for all the you know the sort of otherworldly craziness that's going on around him. Um, <laughs> um, I remember my editor and my friend Colin. He, they looked at it and like this is cheesy as anything. Your comic, you know, and and when my had somebody say that the um. The jokes don't hit the mark in, in a review I had, but then I've had other people like say back to me like, you know, the thing about the Raiders of the Lost Ark joke, and I've been like, so obviously, it, like you say, it's kind of hit or miss. Some folks seem to, when you, yeah, it is that, isn't it? Um, it either resonates with people or it doesn't, and you know, um, that's that's fine, and that that's comedy as yeah, well, totally. isn't it? And that's why there are so many different comedians out there, and you know, there's a, there's a flavour for everybody. And the uh, the beauty is if there's uh, if you don't like it, there'll be another one that you like. But if you yeah, like yeah, it, totally. it's great, <laughs> isn't it? Um, that's yeah, awesome. Cool. Now, um, <laughs> change, yeah, exactly. Um, changing gears. Um, what's the saddest comic that you've read? Um, I don't. Um, I don't tend to read things that make me sad. There's been a couple of things that have like have touched me emotionally. I actually. I, um, I spoke to my wife about this before we went to air because um, I, I was I, a bit like the funny one struggling with this question a wee bit. Um, mm-hmm. There was um, a recently read a 2000 AD. It was Prog, for anyone that actually wants to go and see, have a wee tweet. Um, if you check it, uh, Prog 2210, it was out round about Christmas time. Um, mm-hmm. it, that did a weird thing where it hit um, where the, the punchline to like a five issue arc was really sad um, and that you were kind of led to believe that one thing had happened, but actually what had happened wasn't as as it had been presented and it was all kind of, it, it, it was it was like a fever dream of somebody that was really unwell rather than actually what was going on, um, which was quite sad. And then, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if this was good or bad pacing on, on the part of Rebellion, but um, it was like, there was a, quite an emotional punch to the Judge Dredd story, which for anyone that doesn't really read 2000 AD, the Judge Dredd, the Judge Dredd story is always the first one in the 2000 AD. So yeah. there was an emotional punch to that um, that story. And then there was a one shot in the very next story that was also really sad. And I remember being like, oh, I wasn't ready for this. 
also, um, I, I, I'm, uh, there's a Scottish-based um, comic writer and artist called Stephen Ingram. Um, I really recommend people check out his work. It's really kind of understated um, uh, art, um, really kind of low-key stories. He's got a beautiful, he's got a beautiful graphic novel on Comic House called Left, which I, I recommend to anybody that wants to just read something completely different. Um, mm-hmm. But he he he's got a series of of short stories called Murmur. Um, I think the third issue is about to come out, but Murmur Two had a really, really sad story about um about um, dead animals, and I'm not going to go any further than that because I will start crying. <laughs> but, oh man, brilliant! Yeah, um, as I say, I find I find I find things in comics quite sad. Uh, I, I I find comics mm. that have sad bits quite. Um, I, I I personally kind of use comics for escapism, so sometimes when yeah. I when I when I find a when I find a sad bit in a comic, it does, it does. I'm just like, oh, I wasn't really ready for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it kind of takes you by surprise, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I wasn't wasn't looking for those emotions today, but yeah, kind of, you know, glad I read it because it kind of helps expand your mind a little bit sometimes, oh, no, totally. doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, it's cool. Uh, now, uh, changing gears once again, um, <laughs> what's the scariest comic that you've read? Um, I find parallel, like sad and scary. I found I, I don't know if it's just, just reflective of what I choose to read, but um, there's a beautiful comic mm-hmm. by um, called Springtime in Chernobyl, which I which is by Emmanuel Lepage, um, a, fr- um, a French uh, writer and artist. And um, I, again, I recommend recommend this for everyone. I, I picked this up a couple of years ago when um, the Chernobyl TV series aired on Sky and HBO. Right, um, and I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I might check it, and it's about um, it's about a group of creative types, artists, writers, authors who go to um, Chernobyl, um, to uh, twenty years after the twenty years after the disaster to kind of artistically reflect on the area, and um, there's a lot of um, I don't know, I, there, there there was a lot of really scary moments in that. There was a, there was sort of flashbacks to news reports and things happening in Chernobyl. And I don't know, like there's just something about that event and the, the way that people were not prepared to deal with the situation as, uh, you know, as required. I don't know if you've ever seen the TV program, but um, it is awful when you see guys like firefighters holding up pieces of um, exposed nuclear reactor in like an inquisitive way and like, Hmm. What is this I'm holding? And then, like ten minutes later, they don't have a hand, and you're like, "Oh, this yeah, is oops. And it's that. No it's like, I don't know if it's scary, but it's definitely that um, that horrendous, that ongoing dread. And then there's a couple moments in springtime in Chernobyl where, um, because the Chernobyl, the area around the the nuclear power plant was completely evacuated because of what happened in wildlife and wildlife and sort of um, foliage and just nature has been able to kind of get a foothold in that area again because it's not there's no human encroachment mm-hmm. or just you know there's not there's nothing disturbing yeah. the growth of of sort of the natural world so uh, in springtime in chernobyl there's this ongoing sort of narrative about how things are stunning you know chernobyl's a beautiful place and i think the the the, the art team expect go there expecting it to be gray and desolate and it's actually green and beautiful but it's yeah. still just as deadly you know yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's it's quite a it's quite a terrifying experience <laughs> that's interesting isn't it it's kind of like 
you know um a wolf in sheep's clothing yeah, a little exactly. bit that, isn't it like it looks all green and pleasant and things but you go in there and you end up with kind of radiation poisoning well so there's, <laughs> there's, there's there's a bit in the story where um a number a, a couple of the guys have do you know they get dropped off in the morning by the the local um i think sort of local security people to do their work and then the security guys will come and pick them up at the end of the day so they're just you know they're writing poetry and they're writing pieces of chapters for their book and they're drawing and then they they, but they they brought because it's so beautiful they brought wine and cheese with them and then they eventually just chill out in the grass and get and start to drink and have like a really lovely afternoon and it's not till the security guys arrive to say you're lying in radioactive grass what are you doing you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, exactly it's, it's, oh my um, god yeah and as uh, yeah as a reader you get kind of you get take you get swept up in the same emotions that this team of 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 artists yeah. yeah and yeah and then you so you get hit by the the security guy at the end as well going go and get off that grass or you may die <laughs> <laughs> my god that's a reality check isn't it yeah, totally. oh that's really interesting that's great fantastic and i'll have to check that one out definitely that sounds really interesting um now uh moving on to my favorite question and that is what's your favorite cover uh Tell me to be a wee bit quieter if I just keep talking, by the way, but I do just love chatting comics. Um, I'm a massive Hookjaw fan. I don't know if um, from the old 1970s action comic series. Um, Hookjaw, I think, was a was a tie-in of a, a, a tie-in um, action were known in the 70s for working out what was happening and, you know, what, what was popular in the cinema and on TV and just ripping, right. off, the, ripping off the ideas for their own comic strips. And Hookjaw's a a riff on Jaws, where it's kind of like a, it's it's almost like a self-aware shark that happens to have a hook jaw from a previous incident. So he's got a hook trapped in his jaw, like a a huge fishing hook trapped in his jaw from a previous incident. And um, hook jaw covers are quite expensive to try and get hold of online, but I was able to get one over Christmas um, from the 14th of May, 1977, that... um, Wow, I'm really, really proud of. Uh, so that's my my favorite cover, and it's just it's a it's a deep sea diver with a with a bloody harpoon right in the back of a massive, um, a massive shark, and with the writing underneath the two ton terror with chainsaw teeth is on the rampage inside. <laughs> but, yeah, I just love these uh, like really extreme, and then um, also I'm just a child of the nineties, so I'm a big uh, Power Rangers fan, and. Uh, this time last year, Power Rangers were doing a bunch of covers where they had a, it was basically just metallic covers of the different Power Ranger armor. And uh, issue 49 is um, the Green Ranger, who is the best Ranger. And um, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I've got that and I'm really proud that I've won that as well. So, yeah, just two amazing covers. Nice. <laughs> totally. So is the, the Power Rangers one, sorry, is, is that the one where... Um, you've kind of got this blue circle and you've got loads of people coming down onto the Power Rangers or is it a different one? So I think I think it was in the forties, the um it was the, the this the Power Ranger um I've got that one, the one that you're mentioning, but uh, they ran through a story called Necessary yeah, but it's a different Evil. One. Um it was yeah. the Uncle Necessary Evil about a year ago. And each issue for about I want to say about eight weeks was um and it's just the, the Power Ranger uniform in sort of metallic silvers and 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 obviously the colour of this individual Rangers and then whatever Ranger it is is holding his helmet 
So that's that. So right. Um, but they went through. There was loads of these, and um, the, I've, I've got them all because I had to have them all. But um, the Green Ranger ones, like, <laughs> got to catch them all. <laughs> exactly, a bit of Pokemon there. But um, I the um, I just like uh, the Green Rangers was always the coolest one in in the nineties, and they nice. had that he had that metal, he had that sort of gold neck uh-huh. thing in the Dragon Shield. So yeah, I just really, yeah. I just really, I was really. I was really proud. I, I bought them all, and then it, so you had the original five Rangers. Then you had the, and then you had the white one, and then 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 if I think the white uniform is issue forty eight, and then forty nine was the green one. I was like, oh, they're including it. That's amazing. So I was really really happy. So, yeah. oh yeah, nice. Yeah, no, I just found it because um, it's the uh, it's the uh, Green Ranger foil variant. For, for a shoot, forty nine that, um, and uh, yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, that's rad, and yeah, I'd, I'd love to see the actual foiliness of it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's very foily. Um, I've got to give it to I my. Bet it is because it looks very shiny, um, even kind of in two yeah. D. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's really nice. Um, I, I got the props to my um my local comic book shop, the Little Shop of Heroes, um, uh, because they they looked out for me. They're just they um. Nice. Oh, like I assume, like every comic shop that um, everybody's local friendly comic book shop, um, they look after their uh, their regulars. But that was a that was a bit of a that was a bit of a win for me. Just when they're like, "Oh yeah, we got you the foil green one." It's like, "Oh, amazing!" <laughs> nice. They know you well. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, yeah. Sorry, going back to the uh, action cover. Um, this is obviously kind of in response to Jaws. Isn't yeah. it? Because the because the the head of the <clears throat> of the shark is very jaws. It's like literally a, almost a triangle, <laughs> like the same, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely, it's brilliant. And, and, and if, if you were to look, if you look on um if you look on actually you know on social media for your action comics, it's the, it's the it's the hook jaw ones or any any one where there's like a free gift are the ones that are really quite expensive. So I don't I don't know. If I just I just caught some of that. You know, I caught the other bidders on eBay that that evening sleeping, but I was able, I was really really nice. Um, so I'm, uh, there's obviously that thing that goes with that. But Hoochow's a really awesome character, and the right. I- I- image put out a series um, earlier this or sort of two th- I wouldn't say 2015 16 that kind of dealt with wow. the idea that um it was like I, th- I think what happens with Hoochow stories is he, c- he, c- he 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 doesn't need to be there, which is what also makes him quite interesting because th- it's like they build a story and then there just happens to be the shark there as well. But um, right, there was a really cool Hoochow series in the mid two thousand and tens where it was um, it it was a sort of a, 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 a the American military having to deal with pirates who also, but there was also like the you know like a sort of world wildlife. Green PC kind of group there as well, and it was all, and then right. just happened to be this sort of demonic shark. Um, <laughs> of course, really a good cool. measure. And then, it, yeah, and then Rebel uh, two thousand AD had a had a hook jaw series last year, which played around with the idea that um, a hook jaw a hook jaw is a legend, but then the more belief in him, the stronger he becomes, which was quite interesting. So, like, and he eats bright and pure at one point, which is really smart. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's epic um no that's fantastic and that's a, that's a lot of fun and um yeah i just uh love love looking at old comics like this and kind of yeah um the the things that they went for and just uh, I, I think also the 
and the actual kind of graphic design of it. Yeah, like, totally. I really, I really like the graphic design of the um, of the title for action. Yeah, um, I think that's cool, isn't it? Uh, no, I also think they're you know it's, it's quite a striking cover, and obviously my the the, the, the copy yeah. I've got is what forty four years old, so it's it's you know it's, it's yellow and in the corners and stuff like that. But um, yeah, they were you know it, it was a different time, and they were obviously having to fight. Um, they were fighting for a shelf space, or and sort of you know yeah. com- comics were a much bigger deal in the seventies, so the covers are better. I, I'll even like the older progs for two thousand AD. They're just they just. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the romantic in me, but they just look nicer because they've obviously yeah. they're for a different market. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, it might it might come back round, you know, and we might we might end up going full circle one day. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'll have to wait and see. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, now uh, moving on to another of my favourite questions, and that is, what is the most meaningful comic to you? Uh, I. I guess. I, there's a comic I picked up a couple of years ago that I absolutely adore called uh, Stay, which is by Lewis Trondheim. Um, it's just a really, it's a really dramatic, um, really beautiful story. It was, I was, it's the only comic I've ever bought that's been nominated for an Eisner, which I was like, oh wow, wow. <laughs> um, cool. it's, um, it's just a, it's just a really, it's a really incredible story, but really sort of downbeat story about um. A, a, a married couple that go on holiday in sort of sort of rural rural coastal France. They're they're there on their holiday. Um, he's quite a, a there's he's not in it for very long. But they um sort of the, the husband in the relationship is he's a very sort of commanding figure and he's he's created an itinerary of the entire holiday and the um but then on the first day of their holiday there's a there's there's quite a horrific accident involving. Like a, a, the wind and a sign, and he he dies in like the first couple of pages of the book, and then the rest so. of the story are the rest of the story is how this relatively sort of shy, um, subservient wife deals with the grief of you know her husband just dying in front of her, and ultimately she just mm. continues the holiday using the um <laughs> using the, his his itinerary from you know before his death as as a as her guide to continuing the holiday and it's obviously it's a it's an exploration into grief and and um and love and it's just it's 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 incredible <laughs> so um yeah i would say that's probably the most meaningful comic i own or the most meaningful comic i've read and um when you asked the question that was the one that jumped to mind nice um and uh yeah what what was it that kind of stood out to you and and why does it hold such a meaning. I mean, obviously, it's a powerful story, but um, um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. Um, I think it deals with. I, I can't think of anything worse. And um, I can't. I can't think of anything worse than losing a partner. Yeah, um, and, and, and 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 so suddenly, uh, mm-hmm. as 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 um, uh, Fabian, the main character, and stay. Finds she, you know, she finds herself very suddenly alone after, you know, um, I think they're quite an old, they're, they're you know, sort of middle to late, you know, sort of late forties, early fifties couple. So, and I think you're led to, and they've got you know adult children, so they've been together for a long time, and it's just mm-hmm. the sort of like having, it's just this idea of having spent your entire life with somebody to then 
not have that person in your life like like instantly you know it's it, you know it, yeah. it's not it's not it's not a it's not telling or anything like that she loses her husband in very dramatic and very sudden circumstances so yeah that that that, that hits a that hits a punch but then it's the um how she deals with that and like i think it i think it explores some really explores questions that um that i think a lot of people would be afraid to to, to ask you know um yeah. So yeah, it's just it's just a really it's just a really powerful story. Um hundred percent. That 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 explores and you know, if 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 you imagine you know, it's led to discussions in my house about like what would you do if that what do you think you would do if that mm-hmm. you were in similar circumstances? And it was you know, totally different answers to the way that this character does. Um and yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Just makes you makes you reflect on things. Makes you definitely. Um, particularly kind of when you got a young family, mm. um, and uh, it's kind of I hate to talk about it, but somebody at my daughter's nursery, um, one of the dads actually died a few weeks back in an accident um, over a weekend, um, oh, and I mean it, it's exactly kind of what happened um in in this and that was a real shock um and it and it really does hit home you know really we should it your world could be turned upside down in an instant um and you do have to kind of think about these things particularly when you do have a young family and well when you just got a family full stop um but uh yeah no that is really powerful and i can yeah relate to to how meaningful that is and, and how powerful powerful it is so um yeah i think that's that's going to be another one that i'm going to add to my reading pile as well oh, jeff um so yeah no that's cool uh now uh moving on to our next question uh, which is what's the most underrated comic that you've read that this is why i like love your show so much these questions are really hard and it, it, it required <laughs> yeah. me to explore in, into comic i I think the reasons why I find this so tricky is because I'm a big fan of independent comics, and obviously, like yourself, you you spend so much time in at comic conventions, um, mm-hmm. possibly buying a, buying a comic that's possibly and you're possibly the only customer that guy will have that day, you know, and it's yeah. um, and then you read it and it's absolute glorious, and you're like, oh my goodness, like I can't quite believe that, um, um. I, I can't believe that this isn't like the biggest comic that exists. Um, I, so I, I did have a few yeah. that um, I, that came to mind. Um, my friend James Lawrence, who um, is a Scottish comic writer and artist, he has a series called The Legend of La Mariposa. Um, right. I think that this has the potential to be ginormous. It's so funny. It's so beautiful. It's so clever. Um, it's so... It's so accessible, but it's just flying under the radar. I don't know if it's because James isn't signed to anybody, but um, his Kickstarter is on um, his Kickstarter for his compendium of La Mariposa stories is, is on Kickstarter just now, and um, it's a I've got all the little ones because um, he releases issues of La Mariposa in small sort of twenty page short stories, but he's he's got this right. he's got this. Um, big one about um, I think it's just it's the graphic novel um, it's it's all the it's all the, the sort of 20 page mini issues of La Mariposa plus a couple other new things um, 
but he's got um he's got a graphic novel called uh, Lama Raposa the Demon Gauntlet, which is tremendous as well. It's just an amazing series. Um, so everyone should check out James Lawrence's work. If nothing else, it's it's stunning. It looks great. Um, and uh, I could go on like that. Um, yeah. Uh, to be honest, man, like there's so many underrated. I think uh, even to an extent, uh, John Lee's um, sync is is incredible. Um, that was actually handed. Nice. I, I, I was um I was given the first um, graphic novel sync by my friend who who actually referred to it as the best thing ever. He's like, this is the best comic, and and I was like, in what regard? He was like, no, it's just the best comic ever. Actually, it's so good. <laughs> um, I, I, it's all. It always feels kind of criminal that folk aren't as aware of it as as they should be. Even in sort of comic circles, you find folk that are like, "What's that called?" And you're like, "Sync, it's great." <laughs> yeah, and, and and you could tell that story over and over again with the with the independent comics. So, oh, hundred percent, man. And uh, trying to trying to get all of that out um, to the world mm-hmm. is is what it's about, isn't it? Trying to get that distribution and. Um, that awareness from from people, um, yeah, and yeah totally. hoping in time we do we do get there eventually. Um, in terms of bringing uh, indie press in the UK to the wider public, but uh, yeah, we got we got a few few more uh, mountains to climb yet. <laughs> we do. Um, the um, the precedents there, though. You know, we've had we've had so many is, yeah. Scottish British. Uh, mm. um, creative score uh, or, or, or get recognised yeah. internationally so um, you know the precedent's there but um, there's just so much but it's like all over the world isn't it there, there's so much talent and so many amazing stories out there waiting to be discovered so just read independent yeah. comics <laughs> yeah, too right. yeah exactly. just read them get out there folks um, now uh, with that in mind um, what comic would you recommend to a friend who's never read comics um, that's a question I get asked quite a lot just through the podcast actually right. but also yeah. friends messaging me going Ken who you like comics um, I think I think that's a really I think folk find comics quite daunting um, from an outsider perspective because I think with comics you're you, you often uh, from an outsider I say an outsider perspective I think that's quite narrow minded even to say that but I think from people that maybe don't know comics that well you automatically assume that they're DC and Marvel, and uh, yeah, and, and, and so it's superheroes, it's DC, it's Marvel, and it's not much else. And I'm, I'm actually quite proud that we've managed to get to 41 minutes of an interview without mentioning either of those big companies yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. but, but yeah, those, those, um, yeah, that's often something I get asked, like Jeff, like what would you recommend as a comic? Um, I, I want to read some Spider Man, but Spider Man's been going on for you know Spider Man's 60 years old. So where do I start? Yeah. And it's like, well, don't start with Spider-Man. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> as, as it would be what I would suggest. Um, I've already mentioned them, but I think Springtime of Chernobyl would be a really good um, stepping stone for maybe a wee bit heavy, but I, I, mm-hmm. I just just to, to understand what comics can be, something like Springtime, from, uh, Springtime of Chernobyl or Stay that I mentioned earlier as well. Um, go Indie, um, find something that's maybe got one issue uh, yeah. So, so it, it's it's short. It's um, it's short. It's maybe thirty pages long. And even if you're not enjoying it, if you enjoy it, great. You found something new that you love. If you if you are enjoying it, if you're not enjoying it, then 
you can get you can give up without missing too much. Um, the other series that I uh, or story that I I discovered last year, um, it was actually this time last year. We do a thing in June on the Brugaders where we we try and do at least one issue where we um where we chat about sort of LGBT um, themed comics or or, nice. or comic comics that have been um created by LGBT plus um, creators. But I discovered mm. one last year from Image called Bingo Love, which is a by yeah, T Franklin and and Jen Saint Ong, and it's a it's an amazing sort of love story about. Um, two young women who who fall in love uh, as they accompany the the older you know their um their teenagers in the late sixties who accompany their um accompany their older uh, family female family members to bingo every week and then they just kind of because they're the two young girls that have to hang around all these old ladies as they play bingo they they you know they befriend <laughs> each other and eventually fall in love but due to everything else that's happening in the sixties for you know, young ethnic minority people. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, their sexuality is just one extra thing in between yeah. the civil rights movement and Vietnam and sort of pressed on marriages and all that sort of stuff that that were kind of prevalent in those day and age. So they um, you know, they, they have a love affair and then they they are they're forced apart and then they rekindle the relationship as they as they get older. And it um, it's just amazing, a really really phenomenal series that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have given my copy out to quite a few people who are like, um, at least four or five folk who have been like, Jeff, um, what um, what do you suggest I read to start with when I want to pick, check out comics? I'll be like, yep, bingo, love, go for it. It's, um, <laughs> uh, you'll, 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 you'll be done in a week and you'll, you'll really hopefully enjoy it. So, yeah. That's fantastic. And now, how long is it, sorry, Jeff? Now, uh, it's... Just trying to check. It's oh yeah, I think I found it. Ninety-two pages, I think. Yeah, it's um. So it's a nice. That's a nice size, isn't it? That is. So it's a couple. It's a starting I mean, point. It's, it, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's 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 about a film, in sort of length. Yeah. You know, and what's yeah. really quite good about it is there's a, is a the, the original story is ninety-two pages, but then if you get, I've got I picked up the graphic novel, and then there's a couple right. of um there's a couple of other sort of short stories in the back of the book about. Other members nice. of the same family, which is um, yeah, which is always quite nice. But no, I, I, it was it's lovely. It's a really, really, it's a really cool piece. Um, the bonus stories are by some really interesting. Um, it's Mario Bennett does one of the short stories. She's great as well. So, just some really good stuff. Fantastic. In there. Yeah, no, that sounds like a um, that sounds like a kind of a feel good story. Um, kind of lovers torn apart but brought back together. Yeah, type of thing. That's nice. I might have to check that one out too. I I, I really I really loved it. There was a wee twist at the end that I kind of, if I'm admittedly, I saw coming, but it's only because I watched loads of movies. Oh, you did. So, <laughs> but, ah, right, yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get that with my wife all the time. Like, we're watching something, and I'm like, ah, oh, I saw that coming. It's like, really? I just no idea. <laughs> my, my, my wife's and, the uh, best at that. Like, um, oh, she she totally picks it up. Yeah. Oh, um, What's the one with the, the wee boy and the cliff and Dave Tennant? Uh, my wife had that like four episodes in. Um, Broadchurch. Thank you. Yeah. My wife had Broadchurch done and I, I reckon she's, oh, guessed, she she's guessed at least two or three sort of twists in Line of Duty. And I'm like, 
All right. <laughs> oh, nice. So That's she's okay. definitely a detective yeah, in another life. <laughs> nice. Fantastic. Uh, now, uh, coming on to our last question in regards to comics, if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be? Have you ever had anybody be able just to pick one, really? When you... Oh, yeah. There's usually a, an array of, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd like to take this one, this one, this one. But uh, I'm going to push you. You've got to just choose one. Um, I I don't know. Um, I could have said any of the ones I've kind of chatted about this hour. Pro- yeah. oh. I don't know. Something big that I've not read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um who was it that told me that uh, I was I was I was on a Facebook page the other day and somebody was mentioning that there's old commando comic issues and there's old I, I, um, and there's old uh, is it like Archie comics from the sixties or seventies are like a thousand pages long. Sure. They're just, they're just they're just mad compendiums. Um I would I would do that or or something that Kirby did. You know how Kirby used to do like crazy stuff in the sixties where like he just kinda okay. I don't know, I don't I, I don't want to suggest that he was under the influence of anything as he was writing. But he's, 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 <laughs> no, he's, never. Definitely. Kirby's not. got some absolutely insane <laughs> stuff. Um yeah. so yeah, I I I, I would there, I don't know. It depends where I'm coming from. If it's about like preserving something, yeah. Um, then I would probably dip into like, I don't know. Um, stay or or something like that. But um, if it was if it was something that was going to keep me entertained during the apocalypse, I would go with something nuts that I hadn't read before. That was a thousand pages long and was like, um, like saga or something like that. You know? Yeah, sure, hundred percent. Nice, cool. And then along with that, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take with you as well? A you would have to take something. I don't know. So we're we're talking about nuclear fallout in my one, aren't we? So yeah, I don't know something something that has multiple uses. That's quite a morbid question, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, it is. I'm get, I'm getting you ready because it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> if it was like zombie apocalypse, it would be a really. I would just pick something really awesome from a movie I watched. But I don't know something sure. like that. Something like a sharp end. Well, sharp remember end. remember the um, in a zombie apocalypse, the the most dangerous things are the, your fellow humans, oh, that's and true. the same is going to be true in a nuclear apocalypse for the oh, most yeah. part. So, so. I, I would say like yeah. So with that in mind, maybe like a utility item that is reusable, like I don't know, how, um, like a sharp ended shovel. <laughs> sharp ended shovel, sure, man. Um, I was like, um, I was wondering like how many folk, you know. I say I've listened to the show um, before. Um, has anyone ever said that, like, you know, the crossbow that that guy has in um, Walking Dead? Yeah, yeah, like, like the multi crossbow. That's like the most useful weapon ever. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. And it was one that I don't think anybody would have ever chosen before, like Walking Dead and Arrow. But actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, hundred um, percent. Like a, a, a crossbow. Is massively useful. You don't get too tired from it because you're just pulling a trigger. Um, obviously, you've got to reload it um, occasionally. But if you get a multi crossbow like um, like Daryl does, then uh, yeah. yeah, you're going to be good. And you know, you can you can make bolts out of sticks and stuff. Yeah, totally. So yeah, no, that's good. Um, well, I tell you what, you could do. In fact, so you got a multi crossbow, and then on the on the other end. 
is your sharp edge shovel. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's it. Type thing. So they're kind of duct taped together type of thing. That's perfect, yeah. (laughs) awesome that's great jeff well jeff nicholson thank you so much for showing your comics for the apocalypse it's it's been a real pleasure uh, it's been an absolute joy being on on the show man it's been it's just been amazing it's amazing being on someone else's show <laughs> to be honest. oh that's uh, great and, and, and asking and answering different questions is incredible so yeah yeah no it's a lot of fun isn't it um and uh for the listeners one more time where can they find you online uh, if you check out um, at my, our podcast, The Brugaders, so Beer and Comics, it's at, it's at The Brugaders on all social media. And then Spirit of Inky, um, which is my comic series, which has got nine, well, at type, when this goes on the air, I'll have a couple of these left on the Kickstarter, is um, at, the, uh, at Spirit of Inky Comics. Or um, if you just Google the Spirit of Inky, you'll be able to find a link to something related to the comic <laughs> totally and uh one more time the uh it's spelled e-n-k-i, E-N-K-I. Folks, if, you're, if you're trying to work out how how that's spelled <laughs> apologies about my accent <laughs> oh no no, no not it wasn't it's not the pronunciation or anything like that because uh yeah if, if you think inky you think uh, i-n-k-i-e or something yeah, but um obviously it's uh it's it's a name of a god right yeah, totally. um so uh yeah no that's all good excellent well jeff uh thank you so much um again for coming on the show um and uh yeah i don't know if you plan to go to um any planned comic cons yet at all um i've got um I, i'm trying to keep my eye open for what's happening i actually i'm going to one on yeah. saturday um oh, great. It, it's like a comic market in in, in the town yeah. quite close to where i live which i'm quite excited about we have a, we have a nice. group in um, we have a group in Scotland called the uh, the British Comic uh, the BCCP I can't remember what a uh, big Glasgow Comic Page is what they're called sorry and they do they do nice. little comic markets all over Scotland but I'm um, also mm-hmm. uh, I've got tickets for Thought Bubble which is in Harrogate yeah. Um, yeah. which is I think it's usually traditionally the, the the sort of the comic the big sort of creator comic convention in the UK towards the end of the year but i think because of the way that things are um the way the way the world's been i think it's conceivably the first and last podcast though not podcast comic convention it's the first and last comic convention of of 2021 for loads loads of people i think it'll be it falls in november so it's going to be around about the time that most folk will have both vaccinations but then comic you know comic convention season ends in about october november anyway so Interesting one. Mark Miller's going to be there, so I'm quite excited to go and see. Not Mark Miller, sorry. Uh, oh, Frank Miller is going to be there. And oh, is he? Great. He's, cool. he's going to be there. And the the guy whose name always I can't I can never say a second name, but the guy that wrote Fight Club is going to be there as well. And oh. and uh, then loads of local guys like Mark Abnett. Uh, I say local guys. Loads of British creators like Mark Abnett and David Craner. Um, Bensky and the 77 guys are going to be there as well so um, nice. um, I'm just excited because it's loads of guys that I've met through you know you, you'll be the same like guys you've met through lockdown yeah. but you've never met exactly. them properly so, yeah so strange isn't it yeah <laughs> but it's cool and then you're going to get to meet them face to face and yeah no um, that's going to be great yeah unfortunately I can't make it to Thought Bubble um, I'm hoping to get to the MCM London yeah that's that as well but um, yeah, and then other than that, you know, fingers crossed next year, Comic Cons um, are able to kind of continue and get back on their their two feet. 
you know, um, and everything. And then like the likes of um, true believers down yeah. uh, down in the south of England here get going and um, all of that jazz. So yeah, fingers crossed we 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 do get back to um, uh, back to where we were back in 2019. But uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. We um, I, I certainly hope MCM happens in London yeah. this year. I think um, um, we. I always I go to the MCM Scotland one quite a lot in Glasgow. Um, I've not nice. been there for the last six years before lockdown. But um, mm. uh, we always kind of look at the. I've always looked at the one in London with MV, and and uh, you know it's in my it's in my list of things I need to do. But it, it looks amazing. But, Totally, man. Well, if you're ever down there, let me know, and uh, vice versa. Hopefully, I'll get up to um, get to up to the uh, Glaswegian MCM at some point as well. I'd I'd love to head north north of the border um, to kind of you know visit kind of the the mecca of a lot of British comics. So um, yeah, no, that'd be nice. Yeah, that that would be amazing, man. There's always there's always space here for you. Nice. Thanks, Jeff. Well, um, again, this has been a great conversation. And uh, yeah, I, I hope our paths do, do cross. And otherwise, I'll, uh, I'll be sure to see you on Twitter. I totally, man. Cheers. Nice one. Thanks, Jeff. Take care, mate. Bye, buddy. Thanks again to Jeff for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Jeff's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally... As long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.